Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the first series of Help, I'm in my 20s a career development podcast where we hear stories of young professionals in many different careers. I'm Georgie, your host and creator of this podcast. My aim is that you will hear insights into various career paths that people are taking, hear the detail of how they got to where they are now and listen to key learnings from their experiences. I've got a pretty special guest today with a great career story. Today we are welcoming Alex Pennington, Previously a lawyer and now co-founder of Finish and Feast, a fine dining at home company. It's a great story for how his startup came to life and also where it's going. So I will let Alex tell it and give us all inspiration. So without waiting any longer, let's get started. Hello, Alex. Welcome to Help. I'm in my 20s. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, looking forward to, to being here. Thanks very much for having me on. Thank you for being here and being my first guest to actually do an in-person podcast, which is quite exciting after, I guess, the last year of COVID, but also like seeing people again, it's really nice. Yeah, as it's, well. it's much nicer than <laughs> uh, than doing it through Zoom, isn't it? And um, well, yeah, I've had loads of issues with my internet recently, so much yeah. better doing it in person. Yeah, thanks for coming. So just to get started, um, it'd be great if you give just an introduction into your career history up to where you are now? Yeah, of course. So I'll give a little kind of potted history of it. So I previously was a lawyer. So I went to um, Durham Uni and studied law and then had gone down the very kind of classic route, had, you know, had followed the, the vocational degree, did like a summer vac scheme at, um, at the firm I ended up at Clifford Chance and then got offered a job there as I was just going into final year of uni. So just had to get a, a two one in, in the degree, which was quite nice, kind of took the pressure off a mm. bit in the final year and meant that I could obviously still had to work hard, but could enjoy it a bit more as mm. well. Mm. And, um, and then I had six months off after finishing uni before I started the LPC, um, so mm. professional legal exams. Okay, that's just one year, isn't it? Uh, we, seven months. Okay. Um, so yeah. it's, yeah, you can do kind of seven months or a year and CC decided to put us in for a, a slightly more intense time, yeah. which was probably kind of um, <laughs> boded, um, boded well for, for what was to come. Um, and so, yeah, so then did that and then went on and, and did two years training contract at, at Clifford Chance. 
qualified into the corporate real estate team and I was there for just under three years and at that point I had been well I'm sure we'll come on to it but had yeah started to get to the point where I had realized that law wasn't something I wanted to do in the long term mm. and then um, finished up in a, a superb piece of timing um, by handing my notice in in, in mid-feb um, last year yeah. <laughs> yeah so it was literally like a month later when all of lockdown yeah. um, was imposed and but I was I was still there finished up in kind of May last year and then had switched to so then wasn't sure what I was going to do I hadn't got anything lined up and started seeing restaurant meal kits come about oh yeah and so some of your kind of you know pizza pilgrims patty and bun um like some of those yeah, yeah some of those are like <laughs> early adopters a bit more like premium fast food mm. um but you know obviously did my market research and tried lots of them and still very tasty <laughs> um and then thought that there might be something at the kind of higher end premium end of the market so started scoping an idea out managed to persuade one of my friends from uni to to end up co-founding finish mm-hmm. and feast and we've we've kind of gone gone from there really it's been just over a year since we we um from the kind of very first discussions about it and then getting the ball rolling so um yes bit of a change definitely a bit of a change a bit of a risk as well I Mm. guess going into something completely new Mm. so just going back I guess a few years so um you studied law you then did your um what's called the LPC and then your training contract so how was moving in as you said it was quite intensive doing the course and then Mm. maybe that was good practice for being a lawyer how would you describe maybe the highlights and lowlights of your career in law well I think certainly one of the highlights was doing a six months comment out in Hong Kong um which (laughs) was yeah it was well I'm sure she (laughs) you've heard all the stories then but it was like yeah that was great fun it was um it's such a cliche but it was quite a kind of like work hard play hard time when you know you're only somewhere for six months you really kind of make the most of it so (laughs) that was good I think it was also good because I got to know lots of lawyers in other firms so obviously knew lots of people at Clifford Chance but then you know it's with that being the only law firm that I'd kind of properly experienced because it was Mm -hmm. the only place I got a VAC scheme um so I didn't really have anything to compare it against so getting that slightly outside perspective of what other firms are like and seeing how other friends worked and all of that I think it was quite good because I think it just made me realize that actually in private practice law firms that you know there are differences and there'll be slight differences in workload but they're kind of a much for the muchness so how did you meet all the other lawyers in different firms so before we went there were there were about 60 of us and they just put us all in in a big kind of group email chain that turned into a whatsapp group Wow, and that's a lot of people. Yeah, so <laughs> it was, yeah, and then, you know, there were 60 people, there were probably kind of 20 that you just never heard from on this on this group, and just, <laughs> I don't know what they did in the six months, yeah. and then there were another, say, 20 who, you know, you'd see from time to time, saw the first yeah. few things, but then I was really lucky, there were probably kind of, you know, 15 or 20 of us that were all kind of really good friends, and so they, they basically handed you a, a very good kind of social life and good group of friends yeah. for on a on a silver platter for the six months so it's great yeah that's good I remember um when my so my sister's a lawyer as well and mm. she went out and I think 
there was like one of the biggest typhoons they had 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 yeah. in quite a long time, I think. And yeah, it's quite scary. I think sometimes like when they tell you don't go outside. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's definitely different to England. A hundred percent. They had. Um, I was there during typhoon season as well. Yeah. And you don't really know what to expect. And so mm. the highest level it can get to is a T10. Okay. And we had one of them, like a T10 while we were out there. Oh my gosh. And you're literally, <laughs> you, you really, you are just, you know, locked, you're basically locked into your accommodation. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. And you're just watching it go absolutely nuts outside. And mm. then, you know, yeah. driving around, like going to work the next day, there's trees falling down everywhere. There's like oh houses that have have had damage to them and stuff so they were were quite intense very intense Mm. but a really unique well unique to what you might have had in England definitely so would you recommend working abroad to anyone would you ever want to go do that again uh yes to both um so yeah I would definitely recommend it I think it's I think the more that you can see different well, not just cultures, but mm. working cultures as Ways well. Working, and yeah. I think the the greater perspective you then get on what it is that you enjoy and mm. what you want to do. Yeah. So I think being able to see that was was amazing. And I think also, you know, six months is a nice period of time because mm. Hong Kong is somewhere that I feel that I know really well now yeah. and got to really experience it. Um, I wouldn't go back to Hong Kong to mm-hmm. work again. I think, you know, I really enjoyed it, but... Yeah. I wouldn't want to, you know, go back and be looking to raise a young family there while you're working or whatever. Mm. So, um, so I, and also I think I have a lot of kind of memories there. So, you know, yeah. kind of, I wouldn't want to go back and risk ruining them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'd definitely go and work somewhere else um, again, probably yeah. a shortish stint, you know, one, two years max, because mm. I think I'd always want to end up back in the UK. But yeah, yeah it was such a great experience first time. I don't see why I wouldn't do it again. So. Yeah, I, well, I was just what you were saying is I've been having similar conversation with my mentor yeah. about working abroad and how the different ways of working and different, mm. even different organizations, but different countries as well. Yeah, is such a good learning experience. Mm. It's something I've always wanted to do, but never actually got around to do. So I'm at a point now where do I consider that? Do I? Yeah try just jump in the deep end and go for it or you know take a more I'd probably take a more measured approach <laughs> towards <laughs> just turning up but yeah um, make sure I get a permit and visa and everything but yeah yeah I think it's a great experience I don't really know anyone I don't think who's moved abroad and regretted it yeah definitely so and I think it's you know it's, it's one of those things it's what you make of it mm. you know I was very lucky yeah. that you're looked after very well by the law firm. They do all the admin for you. They put you in touch with all these people. So, yeah. you know, it's great for, in, from that perspective. Mm. But even if that wasn't the case, you know, yeah, it'd be a bit more effort kind of doing it. But once you get there, it's just kind of, you know, putting yourself out there and, and making the most of it, isn't yeah. it? So where would you want to go? I'm looking at, well, considering thinking about Toronto. Yeah, nice. But, um, well, I was thinking Canada or the US um, and... Toronto I think is a financial capital yeah. Canada so yeah a good first stop for yeah, yeah. well just at a research stage now but who knows nice we'll see exciting yeah I told my sister and she was like oh don't tell my boyfriend he really wants to move there <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay we might all end up there um but yeah I think like you say like a few years come back to UK is probably what I would want to do yeah ever um so then you got back from Hong Kong mm. and so was that 
during your training contract, is that right? Yeah, it was. So it was my fourth um, and final seat. So you do four, six month seats okay. in different departments, mm -hmm. which again is quite good because you get an idea of like what the work's going to be like in yeah. those in those departments. So, you know, it's instead of just kind of committing to one when you go in, mm. you can you can see different people, meet different teams and stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was my fourth seat. And so I've done litigation first. Uh, real estate was my second one and that's mm -hmm. where I ended up qualifying. Okay. And then um, my third one was in Finance X, which is just kind of general banking. Okay. And then I was out in Hong Kong doing asset finance, which yeah. is, and they basically just do loads of aircraft financing out there. Yeah. So there's a, a thrilling Japanese tax scheme that I won't oh, go no. into in too much detail for <laughs> yeah, aircraft financing. It went over my head a lot of the time as well. So <laughs> yeah. well, my sister's in shipping law and yeah. I get confused all the time also with her rotations, mm. you know, going through each one. But I think her rotation was maybe her second seat. Yeah. So did you feel that you were quite well equipped going in your last seat of your rotation you'd have quite a lot of experience different places and now this is like the final one yeah I think it definitely got easier as you went through the four seats but um, I think the first the first changeover it essentially felt like you just had the rug pulled from completely beneath your seat again. yeah you literally you, well, it's, you know it's like, yeah. like a day when you get into a job and you know mm -hmm. you know you've had a bit of training stuff but you sit down you know like, I I don't know how the IT systems work. I don't oh know how gosh. to do anything. Yeah. And you're kind of sitting there just having it on a very steep learning curve, just basically, you know, blundering your way through. So then kind of six months had just kind of started to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I was on like one big deal for most of my six months. So I was feeling quite kind of mm -hmm. at the stage where I was just starting to get up to speed with it and <laughs> yeah. then complete move, different type of work, new team, mm -hmm. um, but then I think, you know, each time it went round, it, it got easier and easier as you just kind of, I think you were just better at the fundamental building yeah. blocks of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it was good. I think going abroad in my fourth seat was good as well because, mm -hmm. yeah, I think you just feel a bit more confident going into a completely new office. Yeah. So that was quite nice. And then after that, you qualify. So I guess it's a year after that you officially qualify. Um, so it's, it's basically two years two of doing your rotations. Yeah. Um, and then, so all in all, yeah, with like the exams before it was like two years, seven months mm -hmm. of, of the kind of the, the training and the, the practical exams, then yeah. you qualify, so. Okay, and then how long was it from when you qualified to deciding that you wanted to leave? So I, I ended up leaving about two and three quarter years okay. after qualifying. Right. But I think that for, so I guess naturally as a lawyer, I'm quite risk averse. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, quite useful for going into a, you know, a, <laughs> yeah. a risky startup, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but yeah, so I think I, it was like a gradual process. So I'd kind of in, enjoyed the first year of it. Yeah. But then I think I had started to get to the point where, you know, I think you get, you get through that first year by just kind of getting your head down and mm -hmm. just, you know, you're started, you're starting to be put in charge of things. And that's like a big step up in responsibility. So kind of came up for breath after a year mm -hmm. and was then, yeah, started to think about what I wanted for the longer term a bit more. And I th it was a gradual thing where I, mm -hmm. I got to the point where I was looking at the more senior people in the department and thinking, you know, do I want to have that working life and that career path? And mm. do I want to 
be in that position of, of partnership and everything it entails in you know 15 years time obviously no guarantee they'd have wanted me to be a partner but um but yeah I was looking at that and I just thought actually no that's not what I want to that's not what I want my career to look like so. and that was without knowing what you did want it to look like or had um, you already got a picture in your mind yeah I didn't really know what I wanted it to look like I yeah. suppose I knew what I wanted it to not look like yeah um which helps narrow it down a bit but you've yeah. still got a long way to go so but then so I yeah it was probably the, like the last six months before I left so it was coming up to Christmas which is a traditionally very busy time for lawyers yeah, as okay. I'm sure you know from your sister mm -hmm. so I was kind of you know get my head down get through this get to January mm -hmm. I'll have had my holiday I'm sure it'll be a lot better yeah. got to January it was just as busy again got mm -hmm. through that I had a holiday for two weeks in early Feb mm -hmm. so went away on holiday and it was when I was away that I was you know I was like, there's just no sign of this getting any better I know oh, I don't want to okay. do this mm -hmm. so just make the decision and yeah. I went back gave myself one week just to make sure it wasn't a knee-jerk <laughs> decision it was still rubbish and I was like yeah definitely definitely okay. time to to um to pull the plug but even then it's a massive anticlimax because you yeah. have a three-month notice period in yeah law. so <laughs> you like you. <laughs> hand your notice in I went around and spoke to all the partners and tried to you know manage manage the situation so that I was telling them got on the front right. foot with it and and you know got my story of what I across yeah before the Chinese whispers began of course is this the first um, time you handed in your notice yeah so how how was that for you apart do you nervous to kind of hand it in yeah I think I was quite nervous I, but it was kind of like when you're about to step out onto onto a stage when you're like you know doing drama at school or oh, something the adrenaline yeah and it's yeah. like the kind of like nervous butterflies but you're quite excited as well because yeah. you know it's it's the right thing mm, okay. but I think the main thing was that so we would sit in little offices of, of two lawyers yeah and so I had sat with one of the junior female partners who I got on really well with and I'd sat with her for three years and okay. I worked really closely with her on lots of things yeah. and um, so I think a lot of it was was then just being like, oh, like it's going to be very tough to break it to Angela, mm -hmm. who's the yeah. first person as well. So I haven't even had the chance to like rehearse the conversation with another <laughs> with another partner or whatever. So yeah. yeah, so I think that was it. It was just you know, mm. I just wanted to do it on on the right on the right terms. Um, yeah, I thought just like getting on the front foot, talking to all the partners yeah. and all the people I worked with in like one morning in one foul swoop before they could you mm. know um before they all went off and heard from other people I thought mm. that was the best way of doing it so that's good I mean that definitely sounds like you say risk adverse so really thinking it through mm. I had someone else say that they were risk adverse but they moved across the country overnight <laughs> so maybe not <laughs> it's not just running away from the, from the situation <laughs> exactly. um but that's good and then from there so it's mid-february no so you mid-february handed in your notice and then yep. you have three months of work yeah and then so where are we mid-may yeah and you were I think planning to be traveling before yeah that. I was going to I was going to take a couple of months off mm -hmm. and I was, yeah, I was going to kind of go and do a chunk of traveling for maybe a couple of months. Yeah. And then I was going to kind of come back and have a period of thinking about what I was going mm -hmm. to do. And then, yeah, obviously like coronavirus had, had different ideas for that. So yeah, the, the traveling was, was promptly um, cancelled, but I've yeah. been, yeah, I've been very lucky. I've done like a few stints of traveling. So, oh, um, yeah. so I've been very fortunate already with that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but so then, yeah, I took maybe a week or two off. So nowhere near as long as I thought I was going yeah, to. Yeah, that's not that long. <laughs> yeah, and then started seeing, like, I've always absolutely loved my food. And mm-hmm. I've had like a, re- my parents are both really good cooks. Okay. They got me started cooking when I was really young. I was put on like scrambled egg duty as my first thing. It just kind <laughs> of went from there, really. Um, so, so yeah, like I've always had a massive interest in food and therefore, you know, for like follow loads of food accounts on Instagram mm-hmm. and watch loads of cooking things and all of that. So it was, yeah, it must've been about a week that I actually had fully off yeah. and then started seeing these, some of these early adopters mm-hmm. of meal kits and started talking with one of my mates from uni, mm-hmm. who's also a massive foodie. <laughs> and as soon as we got talking about it, we just started getting quite excited about it mm-hmm. and the potential that you could do something yeah. at like a higher end of the market, perhaps. So yeah, it, uh, it was nowhere near as, as long off as it as I intended. But then, you know, these opportunities just, you know, come around in yeah. weird and wonderful ways. And, uh, you know, I think you can plan out things out as much as you want, but mm. there'll always be a bit of a curveball somewhere. So, yeah. And then you were strategizing with your friend over maybe which direction could you take? You found that yeah. maybe gap in the market going down the kind of high end fine dining route. Yeah. Did you come up with the name Finish and Feast quite early on or was that another kind of brainstorming session? Yeah, it was, I'd love to say that we like sat down and had loads of time thinking about it and there was some really clever (laughs) deep thinking behind it, but we got to a point where we were like, we really need a name for this. What are we going to call it? (laughs) And about 15 minutes later, we'd come up with Finish and Feast. I think it's a pretty good name for, especially for 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, does what it says on the tin. So, um, and a nice bit of alliteration in there as well. So we were like, we said that and we were like, because we're both from professional backgrounds, Mm -hmm. neither of us are hugely creative. And I think we just thought, we're not going to get much better than that unless mm. we go to some branding agency and spend far too much money on that <laughs> that we don't have right now. So, yeah, um, so yeah, that's how it came about. Okay, and so you've got this great idea. But yeah, so I think I think in terms of actually like you know the addressable market and all those kind of things, mm. I think I think where we settled up was was much better. So, so yeah, we went through a few iterations of the idea early on. Yeah, did a lot of talking and a lot of going around in circles, and then eventually kind of settled on this model which is that we would prepare the food to the point where it's about 90% pre-prepared okay and we'll then um chill it down pick it pack it um send it out in climate control boxes to almost all of the UK Mm -hmm. and then um and then it arrives with the customer they finish it off in kind of no more than 15 minutes per course quick yeah. yeah and um and so and then they obviously get to enjoy the food so mm. it's kind of like you take it to the point where you, you know like in a restaurant they'll do all their like mise en place and all the, the prep during the day mm-hmm. so then everything's there for service and Ready they can just go. do the final bit and you know yeah. make it look pretty and essentially you take that final bit of prep and we found that you can take that give it to people who don't necessarily need to have great cooking ability mm-hmm. in their own homes and they can with detailed instructions finish it off and achieve like a, a restaurant quality end product so that's oh, amazing I know one of our um friends as well did and they were sending through so many pictures yeah and it yeah, looks yeah. so good yeah <laughs> I've been going through your website as well and um the one I know that you've paused it kind of for mm. the moment yeah, with yeah. The investment round but 
the um, Indian barbecue did look pretty mm. incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it's like looking at it being like, oh, that yum. <laughs> yeah, no, that it, that was that was nice actually. Yeah. It's um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it was great, and obviously, yeah. You know, had to do all the quality control and test all the kits oh, yeah, myself so out, just to yeah. be sure that they were up to standards so um so yeah it's yeah no I think it's really uh, it's really amazed me hmm. the quality that you can achieve even you know with taking the food to that certain point but then packaging it all up um yeah. it's it's you can if you get if you get the style of the kit right you hmm. can achieve a really great end product and I just I say that because you know I think what we've learned in the last six months and it's been a very steep learning curve but mm. sometimes some of the chefs will want to do something that's a bit more a restaurant style dish and they'll try and shoehorn it into a meal kit right. and actually when stuff is you know being pre-prepared then chilled yeah. down and sent around the country not everything works quite as well no so. maybe not and then how did you um because you have quite a range of chefs how did you approach them did you have to you know pitch how did it work um so it's kind of just a bit of good old fashioned hustling really and just <laughs> harassing them enough. <laughs> um, and we, idea. Yeah. yeah, we just, yeah. So that was, yeah, we'd settled on the idea and then we kind of, we then obviously needed to find some chefs that we could work yeah. with. And um, at that point we obviously weren't up and running and operating. So there wasn't anything tangible we could point to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was quite tricky. There's a lot of unread Instagram um dms right, okay. and emails and things like that that we just never heard back from people mm. but we just made a we made a big list of okay. everyone who we thought would be would be quite good mm -hmm. um to work with some of them were doing milk kits already some of them weren't and we just started talking to people and just networking as much as we could mm -hmm. and eventually just started getting some bites from people yeah and um and yeah we were we were really lucky so we one of the people that we partnered with earlier um partnered with earlier on was mm. dean banks who was okay. doing his like horror at home stuff and they were doing it already yeah so we were just basically another sales channel for them so we got right. them on and Maybe that was a little bit easier mm. yeah okay but then we also got tom akins on really yeah. early on which was huge for us um and he's been like, amazing to work with so mm. far and he's just um, won his second Michelin star, I think. Uh, he, first, first at Muse, but at it had only been yeah. open for uh, about two months before wow. lockdown. Oh, so, um, so yeah, I think did did well to to even get the one star. But yeah, um, yeah actually, that's very impressive. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. I I actually it was my dad's birthday in the week, and I went and ate there, and it was absolutely superb. Wow, that's amazing. I, it, I would. It's only like a 25 cover, like wow. tiny restaurant in Belgravia. That's so nice. uh, if you can go and eat there, I'd thoroughly recommend it. Yeah. Or but, get your meal kits. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, that's, it's like a, one of the use cases that we use all the time with, you know, like mm -hmm. in the moment pitching to investors, you're like, well, it's a great example of that food not being very accessible to the mm -hmm. vast majority of people in the country because only yeah. 25 people can eat there a night. Mm -hmm. So actually, you know, and you know people all over the place can have tom's food delivered to their door yeah. so that's pretty great and it's obviously been successful enough for you to get to your investment round yeah so how are you finding that i assume it's the first time you've ever done that before yeah your co-founder was he in finance before yeah he yeah. was an investment manager okay so he knows so, a bit about how it might work 
or is this totally new for him? Yeah, no, I think he's certainly more up to speed on it than than I am. Yeah, I think that's like that's helpful. Yeah. Um and and great to have him as doing a bit more of the financy side of things. And yeah. then I've done more of the kind of the, the legal side of things. So okay. it's been been quite good to have those two skill sets to tap into. Yeah, it's um, a very good place to start with a new business. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> very, finance. <laughs> yeah, very fortunate. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's made our lives so much easier, and so probably saved us quite a lot of money. Like mm. I've been drafting all of our contracts and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, okay, so then first investment round for yeah. both of you. What point are you at in it, and how are you actually finding it? So we are it's probably only been a couple of weeks that we've been like really actively Mm. pursuing it. And um, yeah, it's been good. We've got a chunk of money committed so far. Great. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Yeah, we're kind of in a bit of a weird spot because we've had like a very good six months mm-hmm. and that's gone, you know, that's that's been great and makes the conversation a hell of a lot easier and we've obviously yeah. learned all the lessons and it's like a glorified MVP over the past six <laughs> months. Um so that's making the conversation yeah. easier. But then also, you know, I think we're looking to raise quite a chunk of money, which is then, you know, do you do it from like high net worth individuals mm-hmm. and angel investors? Or actually it might be quite tough, but it might be a bit much for them. So then we're, we're talking to early stage venture capital yeah. um, funds and those kind of people. But then we're almost a bit early for them. So we might, really? there's a bit of, yeah. yeah. I mean, not all of them. Some of them operate at a very early stage, mm. but some of them are a bit um, a bit later stage. So we're having a bit of a think about the strategy at the moment. We've mm-hmm. got um, someone who kind of gives us some advice on that kind of thing. So yeah, um, yeah it's, been, it's been a really interesting process. I think it's great because it's made us like necessarily look at everything we've done in quite forensic detail. And also it's great because, you know, it's, it's made us step out of the weeds of the day-to-day stuff and actually think about what we've done so far, but also kind of crucially what we want to do in the future and Mm -hmm. how we want to make it better. Um, So that's been really good. And 
you're just speaking to it's it's challenging because you're speaking to like very smart people every day about you know trying to trying to sell your idea and your vision and but also kind of justify your valuation and talk mm. about what you've done so far and all of that so um so, but yeah I've actually really enjoyed the process so far that's great and then I mean I have no idea how long does an investment round take or is it sort of as long as that a lot as long as it takes to get it done or have you set a time limit for yourselves or we have given ourselves kind of milestones yeah. where we'll step back and kind of assess how it's going because yeah. I think with these things they can much like I guess when we were starting out and we were researching mm. I think yeah you can aim to have it done in four weeks but it will take 12 or whatever right. you know, it can very easily slip so um I think yeah we've set ourselves milestones where we're going to just step back ourselves and just go right where are we what are the chances of this actually happening yeah and so we've yeah because we obviously just can't run indefinitely so yeah um but because yeah we've like recently paused production because we were having issues with like the facility and mm -hmm. and we weren't certain that we could kind of commit to you know the four week mm -hmm. runway that we were listing kits for so decided that because you know it's a premium product customers are important to us obviously mm, yeah um so we wanted to not commit to that and we decided to kind of pause the production focus on the investment raise which is very yeah. time consuming mm. and then come back kind of bigger and better with the with the fundraise done definitely and having that strategic view as well must be so helpful that mm. you said that you've had to take that step back and think kind of bigger yeah broader just taking a step back because you now have founded a company. What does that actually involve? And I know in your case, it's grown a lot since yeah. when you started, just the two of you. Because how many employees and contractors do you um, manage? So we've had, we've had two, um, two employees that we've, we've yeah. had from a kind of a marketing and branding side. Yeah. And then we've been working with a third party catering company who've mm -hmm. been you know doing food production for us yeah um and they've been a team of about four people yeah um most of the time um sometimes sometimes a few more um so yeah it's kind of not really uh, we haven't been managing that side mm -hmm. of things but we have been managing that relationship yeah and then there's been a team of you know up to kind of eight packers who are employed on kind of yeah. more uh, like part-time contracts um not zero hours contracts I hasten to add. Um, <laughs> but um but yeah so we've yeah. you know we've been kind of working working with them so you know finishing feast at times has been a team of you know 15 of us but only yeah. kind of four of us ever like full-time finishing feast employees that's so. great and then having to learn being HR manager, having to yeah. have all these different hats on. And I know you've been in the actual pack house yourself and in the mm. production line. Yeah. You've been, you've had to learn all these different types of work. Have you, been, you know, has it been great having that variety or are you happy kind of having that maybe a step back? How do you feel about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. It's very much been like jack of all trades, yeah. master of none. So <laughs> um, it's been, yeah, I think it's, we've literally at some point, done every facet of the business mm. so packing and we we, we had a, a real period of just like rapid growth in a few weeks okay. and ross and i were completely unprepared for it and you know had some like we, we did a 36 hour straight packing shift just to get kits out oh one week gosh. and like stuff you know it's like 
that was that was one of the low points actually um yeah sleep deprived yeah 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 (laughs) and um so but you know we've we've done that we've been out to uh, driving delivery vans we've done some of the social media stuff like any part of the business at some point would have done it which is great Mm -hmm. because you know you then understand every facet of it yeah and you I think it's really important to then like really understand your product, uh, your products if you can, if you've done every facet of yeah. it. So now, you know, it makes also makes these conversations with investors easier because they'll turn around and, you know, some of them will focus in on some obscure things that mm-hmm. another one will not focus yeah. on at all and they won't care about that. So someone might ask a really technical question about the climate control packaging mm. and because ross and i have had to like find it research it pack with it every yeah. week you understand it yeah. so um so it's been great but then it's also that classic you know great like founder's dilemma when you're going through a growth period of how you manage stepping back yeah. and how you get comfortable with letting go of you know your baby and putting mm. it in the hands of other people so kind of delegating it out so. yeah yeah, you can't burn the candle at 20 different ends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So how do you, um, I mean, it must be quite hard to actually switch off and, you know, take that time to relax when you really want it all to just be happening and everything going 100 miles an hour. How mm. do you take time out? Um, up until the last couple of months, not very effectively. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's something I've kind of, I've had to get better at because um, was working, you know, most weekends just mm. not taking any time off and I got to the point where I was just so exhausted that I was like I need to start taking some time off on the weekends yeah. like you know you hear I think it's also one of those things where you, you read so many like or I read lots of books about people who founded companies and you hear mm. the stories of other people yeah and you know there's people on like LinkedIn talking about you know how hard they've grafted to get somewhere and yeah. all of that and you know undoubtedly you have to put lots of hard work in and you know there will be things that you have to do on the weekend or whatever and that kind of stuff but I I just I think it's it's quite dangerous getting into that point where you Mm. you know if you're if you're believing what everyone's putting out there it would make you think that you have to be working you know 23 hours seven days a week Mm. for anything to be successful yeah and that's just obviously unsustainable and it's very dangerous yeah and so I'm not saying I was working those hours but (laughs) yeah I think it's I've got I've just got a lot better in the past couple of months of just basically being like, I need, it's important to take the time off as well. So, um, but yeah, I think it's kind of, you know, it's a learning process and it's, you know, it's, it's like so many other things in the past year, it's been completely new to me (laughs) and it's just like, it's taken a while to kind of find the balance and, and, and get that right. So. Yeah. I think that makes sense. And has it been really nice doing it all with, your friend and co-founder as well yeah so ross and i um i can't remember if i said this already but we're at uni together yeah um so we're in the same college at durham and we both uh both played rugby together we both did a bit of like coaching rugby together in our Mm -hmm. final year so we knew each other really well Mm -hmm. and then since university we had basically kept in touch by going out for dinner (laughs) which was always nice so it's a good way to keep in touch with people yeah exactly (laughs) and you know one bottle of wine would lead into two and, you know, yeah. and, and onwards. And <laughs> we'd always be talking about, you know, food. And we'd always said like, God, it would be amazing to have our own kind of business around food. And we'd, you know, 
after a few drinks we'd discuss ideas and you'd always just pick so many holes in them <laughs> after two minutes that you'd just be like well this isn't worth us even spending any time on whatsoever so was um, that you know when you were still a lawyer that wasn't after uh yeah it was it was but i don't think it's and it, it was never something that we had ever like really seriously talked about okay. it was just i think it was the drink talking a bit yeah. so well i don't know my um someone else is going to be on the podcast maria she uh when she was 13 and her sister she's in marketing and her sister's mm. a fashion designer and as teenagers they would play making up business plans like together <laughs> um and like you know, your classic teenager game yeah <laughs> how they run their business but yeah and it, they're the only two people i think i know apart from maybe like a doctor yeah or something like that who said from the time they were 13 they knew what they wanted to do and have done it like yeah. it's actually quite unheard almost unheard of yeah yeah most people do that. i mean I'm much older than 13 and I don't know what I want to do. Mm. So it's pretty, I mean, it's very different to how I think in terms of knowing exactly what you want to do. Yeah. But I think that's so nice that you knew each other already, you'd coached together, so you've seen each other's leadership styles yeah. as well. And um, I guess one of the main things is you trust them. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think it's two things like firstly on a, a much more kind of superficial level just founding a company with someone else is yeah. amazing yeah. because it's you know obviously it shares the burden but there's a lot of there's a lot of educated guesses and you know like <laughs> gambles essentially and yeah. you you very quickly reach big decisions that you know for me at um 28 almost 29 when mm. we like first started the company yeah. I hadn't had to make some of those like massive decisions yeah. in law you know that always been they'd been made by the partners who are leading yeah. things and they might take mm. your opinion on but they would ultimately be making the decision and yeah. suddenly you have a, a lot of like very important very big decisions mm. that you have to make yourself so being able to kind of you know bounce ideas off Ross and get his input and mm. talk about that was was invaluable but then also i guess yeah the, then to like the fact that we had all of that background mm. and you know i completely trust ross yeah and you know we approach things the same way and and we you know we'll kind of talk things out together and yes. yeah i think it's 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 amazingly useful to just like have something that you do really trust when you're going into business with them so yeah, definitely. um yeah it's it's been like it's been one of the the best things about it being able to kind of do it that way and i think it's made the journey a lot more enjoyable and it's probably probably been much better for the company as well so well, being able to discuss ideas is such mm. a huge thing i mean i personally have to always talk things through with like my managers or with colleagues to sometimes just to get to the answer but mm. also just to run through it and get the decision even if I've already made it almost justify it in my head and run through the argument yeah so I think being as I say being able to talk it through whether you knew them before or not you just have that sounding board and you can test it get different mm. points of view yeah definitely and yeah, yeah valuable yeah yeah business. no 100% it's it's yeah it's great I guess you know Ross and I do see eye to eye a lot mm. which is which is good, but then I think it's also then acknowledging that and basically, you know, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. you know, being like, right, we need to like forcing yourself then to try and think outside the box a bit yeah. more. Um, when you do know on. that you think in different in <laughs> yeah. when you think in the same way. So mm -hmm. it was like one of the ways that we 
because we neither of us put any money into finishing feast it's been like profitable since day one wow and Amazing. yeah which has been not many businesses can say that i don't think <laughs> yeah so but the the way that we came up with that was we had one of these sessions where we were like we've got to come up with a way of like mm. you know we've got to think creatively here like how yeah. are we going to get this off the ground and um the way we did that was doing looking at christmas parties and basically saying well no company is going to be having in-person christmas parties this year mm-hmm. and we've got professional networks that we've built up over the past few years so we did um meal kits with, they were kind of they were meal kits but with a few other things that made them into a, a kind of christmasy meal mm-hmm. kit hamper vibe okay. um and had some like, zoom party games and stuff for people and so we went out just again we, we've got very good at just spamming and harassing people in the last 12 months. <laughs> so we went it's out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, went out, like did a bit of, a big Excel of everyone we knew, all the different firms that we wouldn't mm. mind approaching. Yeah. Went out to all of them and we saw, we did just under, or no, just over 700 kits in the end wow. at Christmas. Oh and that really? gave us like the finances to properly start mm. main finishing feast. Was so. that your 36 hour packing experience? No, that wasn't. <laughs> that came later in um, around like February time. Oh, so. the, the third lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was like mid-Feb, we'd had like 400% growth on the, on the previous wow. week's orders. And we're- That's com- amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was wow. great we're also completely unprepared for it <laughs> so um yeah. you do it because you care about it it's your company and it's going in a very exciting direction yeah so yeah. well on that note i have four questions that i'm asking everybody yeah so what has been the best thing and actually to be honest it doesn't have to just be about finished piece it could be about your whole career yeah but what has been the best thing you've enjoyed the most that i never i never thought i would start my own company and take the risk that I have yeah so I kind of fell into it initially but then I've really enjoyed being just you know having the responsibility and you know being able to kind of make the decisions and actually grow something yourself actually just like putting myself out there hopefully it'll work you know but it's also that I've learned so much about well, starting a business, but also myself over the last 12 months. Yeah. I think I'd, from that kind of point of view, I think it's just been, it's been brilliant to just throw myself into the deep end, into a situation that I just, you know, has been a real learning curve and has been quite uncomfortable at times mm-hmm. because you're, you're so out of your comfort zone. But I think it's been really good from that perspective. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, like we're saying, it's been, been, great to have someone else to kind of help bring you back down to earth and (laughs) end up making sensible decisions rather than ridiculous ones during Mm. that time but yeah I think I think that's been it and it's something that I would I ordinarily would never have done Mm. but I think it's just that COVID came around and kind of forced my arm a bit there weren't Mm. that many opportunities and it's actually turned into something that's been really good so it's actually quite crazy to think that you could have been traveling and having probably great great experiences a great time but finish your beast might not exist yeah exactly think that, actually. yeah it's like you know there's there's <laughs> been very few if any good things about covid but um but finishing feast has, has been a bit of a silver lining for me so yeah oh, so good and then conversely mm. what's been the hardest thing the most difficult thing that you've 
either had to make as a decision or experience throughout all of it as well. Yeah. So I think the hardest thing has been, the hardest thing was making the decision to leave Clifford Chance, I think, yeah. because, you know, I had very much like, very much been on that path and worked really hard towards it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's, it's getting to that point where I think you're leaving something that you know is like very stable mm-hmm. and lots of people are like, why are you leaving this? You know, it pays you incredibly well. Mm-hmm. You know, you're on, a, you're on a great career path, all of that. But yeah. it, it was very like hard to know when was the right point to leave and if it was the right decision. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely has turned out to be the right one. But yeah. it is very much like a leap into the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I think also, you know, my, my, my parents are amazing. They're so supportive. Yeah. They're really like they're really happy about what I'm doing right now and they never put any pressure on me to like leave CC but I think it's one of those things when you've been like sent to a good school and you've been fortunate enough to have all of that and Mm. the school are then kind of saying right well you know these are the kind of careers you should look at and careers fairs (laughs) and stuff and everything has kind of been pushing you towards getting a good job into a professional Mm. career all of that and that's you know right for lots of people but not right for everyone mm-hmm. and um and so I think everything's been pushing you to that so to then kind of go you know I might go into another professional career I might not I haven't ended up doing so yeah. but to just like to say no I'm going to explore something else yeah I don't know what yet <laughs> it was kind of reaching that decision was was quite hard but it was so definitely scary. the right one. Yeah. 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 You're kind of like standing, standing on the edge of a cliff, just yeah. going like, right, am I jumping? It's like, <laughs> yep, I am. Here we go. I'm going, hopefully it's something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope this parachute works. <laughs> yeah. I can, yeah, I think I'd be definitely worried <laughs> if I was doing that. But yeah. I'm really glad it's worked out for you kind of the way it has. Thanks. How, well, yeah, so now the future, what's next? So your investment round and for what does the future, do you think or want it to look like? Yeah, so I, yeah, so hopefully the, the investment round gets away. And then mm. I think the opportunity to, to like, to grow, finish and feast and, yeah. you know, hopefully build something that is a, is a really successful company, mm. but also a really successful company in, in a sector that I'm really interested in. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think having put in a lot of like the, a lot of hard work over the last 12 months mm. and also having like learned a lot really quickly about the industry, especially since we've been delivering the parcels nationwide over the last six months, mm. I think it's, you know, I can now like really clearly see the path of like where I'd like finishing fees to get to okay. and how I, th- I kind of can have an idea of how we might get there. I'm sure it'd be completely different. <laughs> I could be speaking in five years time and I'll go, oh, I had this path in my mind and, you know, here we are with something radically, radically different. Yeah. But right now, yeah, I, can, I just like, I'd re- I'm really excited about having that opportunity to hopefully like grow a company and and also you know it's like I say it's it's an area I, I love I love food and drink <laughs> and so it's amazing you have these days like shooting in restaurants with the chefs um, and you know there's loads of downtime so you're just chatting mm-hmm. with like Michelin star chefs about food and, and cooking and all that kind of stuff and um, you know and same with we've partnered with like some celebrities and things like that so you're like in a celebrity's house, just like chatting about food with them and stuff. So yeah. you have some like really exciting kind of 
real like fanboy moments where um <laughs> you're just with people that are kind of you know a, a very big deals and that you've looked up to so that's yeah. that's been really cool that's um, awesome. but yeah I think just to to cut a long story short it's yeah I'm just like really excited about growing finish and feast and um and then who knows what other opportunities will arise exactly who knows mm. <laughs> what the future holds so just finally if you if someone wanted to maybe do something similar so maybe start their own business or mm. want to completely change their career yeah what advice would you give to them um well so I think there's like two different points in that right so if you think that you want to change your career I think the one thing I would say is don't rush into it okay and it, like take the time because whatever you've kind of ended up in you would have either put a lot of work in before or you will have put a lot of work in whilst you've been doing it and so it is quite a radical decision to kind of turn your back on that and obviously there's a lot of transferable skills and things but mm -hmm. yeah I think you know I as I was saying earlier on there were three or four stages of me going right you know I'll see if it gets better next time mm -hmm. and and you know, maybe I drag my heels a bit but actually I think taking the time to really think about it and think about what was a big decision and talk to lots of people about it as well mm -hmm. I think that meant that I definitely ended up making the right decision yeah and even if it's you know even if it's six months later than you might have initially thought it would be yeah you're you know it's our working long. careers <laughs> these days are going to be so long right we'll be working until yes. we're probably you know, 110 and all the things are going so like what's six months so exactly. um so yeah and um and then if you if you can have an idea of what you're going into next that's probably quite good I mm -hmm. felt that given how all-consuming law was I didn't really have I, I thought the best thing for me to do was to just stop and then have the chance to just completely focus on mm. something rather than half-heartedly devoting you know a bit of time here and there in the week where I could find some to do yeah. that so um so yeah I think just like not making a knee-jerk reaction mm. and and really kind of like having a think about the direction and scoping out the opportunities and 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 also, yeah, like making sure the decision you're making is the right one. It's probably probably mm. that. But then the kind of the follow-on point to that, if you're looking at starting a business, mm. um, and that's the decision you want to go down, which is is I think an amazing one, and I think it's allowed me to kind of to learn so many things and, yeah. and grow quite a lot and and learn all sorts of very useful things that I wasn't learning at Clifford Chance. Mm. So I think if you want to go that down that kind of entrepreneurial route um I think it's just I think it's it's really just taking the time to properly scope out your idea properly think about it mm. make sure that what you want to set up is is actually like what people are going to want and putting that time in early on and you're not going to get the product kind of absolutely right mm. but take a bit of time to to hone it and then and do some thinking because if we're just launched launched in straight away with what we we're going to do for finish and feast yeah. I think it would have been a complete disaster it would have been something people just didn't want so yeah a bit of kind of a bit of time and not worrying if it takes you a bit longer to, to get up and running yeah. um 
but then also probably having an end point in your head where you're like right by this stage I will get up and running yeah so you don't carry on thinking having the forever, plan and so. getting ready yeah having a timeline in place and do it with someone else as well I think. that'd be yeah, yeah. Find someone with a different skill set that complements yours mm-hmm. and yeah, co-found something rather than doing it on your own. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's been a very valuable partnership, being able to speak pretty openly with someone and yeah. bounce those ideas off them as well. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a reason why, you know, with all of these accelerator programs or incubator programs and things like mm-hmm. that, they just put a load of smart people in the room and people need to pair up to, yeah. to set something up. You know, it's because like those guys who've you know who've seen loads of young founders coming through the network and through their programs and things mm-hmm. like obviously it's far more successful doing it as a pair so um so yeah i think there's a there's a, there's a reason why they do that so that's interesting i didn't know that that's mm. good to know i think yeah two heads are better than one that's what they say yeah isn't it? So yeah definitely that makes a lot of sense well first of all thank you so much for being on my podcast today and secondly good luck I really hope it works out for you it's obviously worked out so far and I hope your plan that is in place I hope that it happens for you and hopefully quickly but let's see thank you very much yeah no well thanks so much for having me I've, I've really enjoyed it and look forward to hearing all of the other guests and and about Maria who's clearly much more of a budding entrepreneur than I ever was if she was doing business plans yeah, when she was in her teens. I can't wait to speak to her. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, but that's brilliant. So thank you so much Alex. No it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much to Alex Pennington. I hope you enjoyed listening to his career journey and the exciting new things he is doing. I loved hearing about how he jumped into the unknown and took advantage of a unique opportunity and, impressively, was profitable from day one. If you want to find out more about Finish and Feast, you can visit their website, finishandfeast.com. Thank you, Alex. If you like this episode, please subscribe to hear more, or you can like and comment as well. Maybe even share it with your network, which would be extremely appreciated. If you'd like to get in touch or be a guest in our next series, please email help.20s.podcast at gmail.com. I'm Georgie, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Help, I'm in my 20s. See you next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.